and welcome back to Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything there is to know in the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt, the best club in the Bundesliga, the best club in Germany, the best club in Europe, the best club in the world for that matter, but we're a little bit biased. I'm your host, Brian Sanders. Follow me on Twitter at KCSGE. You can follow the show at HEFPod. You can follow them uh, us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash HEFPod. Email the show. That is Frankfurt at yahoo.com. Don't do this show alone. Uh, so on the West Coast, we have Roman in San Francisco. Hello, Roman. We get to see you. I'm, I'm doing good. Fine. Thank you so much. and we have nathan in st louis hey riding that tryptophan roller coaster yeah no kidding no kidding um guys so how about we not screw around let's get right to the meat and potatoes uh Funny I should say that considering Thanksgiving was very recently. Hope that everyone enjoyed themselves if they are in the United States of America. But Eintracht Frankfurt. Try. Oh. FC Augsburg. Hi. Danke. But in all seriousness, you know, it seemed like I had just plopped down the drink right in front of me. Uh, when a certain Cana- uh, Canadian-born Dutch international scored. And yes, of course, I ain't talking about Jonathan de Guzman. And it was almost like as though Augsburg was punched right in the face in a boxing match, and they never recovered. Never did. I mean, for me, the only scary moment for the entire match, and we'll kind of stick to the first couple moments here, was Marco Rose having to come on for David Abraham, who, as it turns out, is going to be injured for a couple of weeks. Yikes. Uh, we'll kind of talk about that a little bit more in terms of ramifications for the Eintracht uh, long term. But Ooh. from that point onwards, it definitely looked like that uh, FC Augsburg really, really needed target practice, of which not that it get, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. helped them out any. <laughs> Eintracht Frankfurt goals from Alea and Rebic. Though let's let's be honest, uh, more credit needs to go to Da Costa on that. Ooh, I what mean, a, yeah. What what goal was your guys' favorites? Because for me, I, I mean, Jovi just kind of keeping the ball in bounds, and you saw the coach stick it, Manuel Baum sticking his arm out there, kind of like, um, hello, uh. Shouldn't it be going the other way? Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> Alea just puts it away. Cool as you like. I mean, phew. Yeah, who's... Sebastian Alea. There's a reason why that he's rumored to be leaving the Eintracht for, quote, you know, uh, big bucks. But first, he needs to leave it all, right? So it all depends on how we finish the season, right? So if we finish off the season very well, I think we can keep a few, few players, but... Yeah, this that should be the the, mm-hmm. the other topic. But to the game, yeah, I mean, like, but who's supposed to stop those guys, right? And I think we've talked about this over and over again. The Buffaloes, you cannot you cannot stop a running uh, buffalo, you know. Try try to, and I think once again they showed what it is, right? I mean, like the my, my favorite game to your uh, goal to your question was actually the the last one, the Da Costa goal, because it shows the same thing, you know, like 
you try to stop Da Costa somehow, but like the way he kind of still puts the pass on, you know, was like I thought it was really brilliant. You know, you could you don't really don't yes. really see that. Like you are you're getting this in uh, the 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 um, uh, hitting the goalie with Lute is going to be. Uh, eminent right so it's going to happen you're not going to be able to avoid it so the last thing you do is just pass it on um and and yeah he did that so greatly where i'm like okay you gotta that's shit you you gotta do is a in that speed in that moment you know where nothing else where your mind it would usually be saying like holy shit now that's a hit no you, you mm -hmm. keep it straightforward you think it and uh yeah you pass it on and yeah so that's why I think that was that was my favorite goal because it's kind of like uh, um, showing showing where 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 uh, yeah they're capable of doing right now right and, and under these circumstances. I should think so, considering the fact that look, um, the only two teams to have scored as many, if not more, goals than the Eintracht this season are the two teams that are above us in the table. Yeah. Yeah, that would be a good game. Like, I would, <laughs> I wish I could watch, we could see a Dortmund Frankfurt match now. Um, uh, that would be, or even yeah. Gladbach, that would be, uh, that would be amazing to see that now. Of course, we're going to see those matches soon. But, uh, yeah, but who knows how the situation is at that time, right? Like, right now, where both teams have a run, um, it would be cool to see them, uh, playing each other. Because who knows how it's going to look, look, it would uh, be, um, later on. But, uh, yeah. Um, uh, match day 17 should be interesting. I mean, granted, we're not playing hmm. Borussia Dortmund. We have another big fish to fry, but, uh, it will be the battle of the Borussias. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, the Friday yeah. night match for, uh, match hmm. day 17. So talk about, uh, craziness when it does come down to that. We can talk a little bit more about that in the, our Bundesliga segment, because there's a lot to talk about in the Bundesliga in general, outside of the Eintracht. Of course, you know. Eintracht comes first. So for <laughs> me, I, the fact that the team went to Augsburg, a team that we have had so much trouble with over the seasons, you know, and in Augsburg, we weren't phased as we weren't phased at all. Uh, I haven't forgotten how uh, we played against Augsburg uh, both times uh, last season. I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, losing at home early in the season and then just kind of not looking at the races and the second leg and the season before that, uh, we looked like ass when we were on the road and Marco Fabian just pulling the performance and having a little bit of lady luck the season before that at home. Mm -hmm. I mean... A convincing win over Augsburg is not something that comes lightly. The likes of Bayern Munich sure as shit can't do that themselves. I mean, Bruce U. Dortmund has trouble with those guys. We just brushed them aside like as though, you know, they were leaves that need to be picked up for yeah, your life. Of course, we were also very lucky, right? I mean, the first goal uh, that, that happened so early, of course, um, that probably screwed up the whole Augsburg tactic, you know, whatever they came up with, how to play. Uh, because now they had to be a little bit more, more sure. defend, uh, like more open up a little bit more. Um, and that, of course, uh, gave the possibilities for our other counter, counter attacks. So, um, it was, it was, uh, yeah, as you already mentioned, it wasn't the, the game itself wasn't the best itself, 
but uh, the result and uh, the way the team puts it away, that's what I really love. Like they're so hungry for goals. And my, my, uh, one of the scenes that kind of show it was, uh, when, when Jovic was sent off, you know, how mad he was, but not because he was sent off, yeah. just because he didn't score. Right. So they just want to yeah. score. I, I bet they, if, if, and that's going to be dangerous for many other teams. If they kind of get a rivalry going on, like who scores the most? And at each game, everyone like Haller, Rebic and Jovic, like really want to score. Holy shit. Like, I mean, that's how are you supposed to? Because they all want to. Yeah, Jubo. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, considering the fact that, you know, in two other matches within the Bundesliga, uh, you had teams scoring that early on. Uh, Hoffenheim uh, was scored, you know, in the first minute against Hertha Berlin. Uh, Hertha decided to eventually, you know, pop two on them. Uh, right before the death. So, you know, go figure that, hey, I, I think it's really just down to the fact that, you know, Augsburg's a team that doesn't, like, they are better suited to play, I guess you could say almost like the long game in terms of like over the course of a match, they will grind you down, but they don't have the offensive firepower to be able to, you know, be able to like mm. counterpunch. So to speak, yeah. I think that that's something that they lack. Whilst you know, a team like Hertha Berlin was able to take that directly back to Hoffenheim after Hoffenheim mm -hmm. uh, scored themselves. Just using another comparison, but um, for me, guys, I mean, the star of the game. I mean, Eintracht. Let's look at uh, a little bit more of the performance of Marco Ross with his uh return to i mean he's not gonna uh with abraham being out he's gonna have to kind of get back to playing practically week in week out the way mm -hmm. that kind of adihota has been kind of rotating things uh what did you what did you make of his performance because i think that him working uh with ha with hasebe it he seemed to kind of just flow right into it in terms of not really missing a step in terms of the kind of performance that was expected of him, which, you know, I think that's a, at least a good sign. You know, uh, we don't have one of the, a team that really could give us a massive, massive challenge, you know, that's up against us right now. So I think that we're in a good spot and that, you know, he'll be able to, easily adapt to playing week in, week out. And I would hope that uh, his body can keep it up too because uh, fan favorite, despite the fact that his, uh, the years are getting a little heavy on him. <laughs> yeah, but I think we, we, we can be uh, happy to have somebody like him uh, because obviously he's not going to be mad if he's not playing, right? So you need a, a second bench, you know, that doesn't mm -hmm. cause any trouble, you know. But when you, when you put him on the pitch, you know, they kind of perform – I mean, obviously, I, we can't expect the same performance as we do from Abraham or even Salcedo or, um, but, but it can't wait for us, him to get back. Especially now, <laughs> especially now, right? Since Abraham. But we're going to talk about this later. But, um, Ross, I think, uh, yeah, he's, of course, there's one, one problem I would say, like nobody expects after the, in the fifth minute, you don't expect to get on the pitch. So like starting cold is already a tough thing. And I was not too happy in the beginning with his performance, but then, probably take some time to get into the game because I don't think he was even expecting to play, you know? Um, yeah. Uh, because that's probably mm. uh, a, um, a move he would have never done 
uh, like putting Russ on would not have been a move you know he would ever do uh, unless uh, an injury like that so um yeah he wasn't expecting it and there he was put in the match uh started cold but then at the end you know it's like we can be happy to have somebody like him that's uh yeah but what i gotta say about about Makovos. well um Nathan, here's a question. Uh, this can kind of tip into it a little bit. I guess it's kind of more of what can we expect for the Europa League. Will Mark, I mean, Marco Rose, he did well, but <laughs> are we going to be seeing him week in, week out? Yeah, I realize that Car- Salcedo still, you know, is coming back. And, it, you know, by the time that we play Bayern Munich, yeah, I anticipate that he'll be, you know, fit as a fiddle. But, I mean, are we going to... Is Ali Hutter going to have to swallow his pride and let uh, Simon Fallet, you know, back into the, you know, at least onto the bench, if not onto the, onto the bench itself? Well, I mean, at least we have some depth to, to work with right now. That's uh, a positive. Uh, at least people are coming in healthy as other people get injured. Uh, Abraham going down is, is a big blow. Um but yeah, Marco Rus, I he's he he plays uh you know uh well enough for his his station on the team and and like Roman said, he doesn't complain much. So it, it I I do love I I do think he's rising to the to the talent of the team right now. Like that uh service pass that he gave to DaCosta was yeah. Not his normal talent no. level. <laughs> I would say it was a pretty remarkable pass in and of its own right that he that he had the presence and awareness to to develop that play from back there um, and put that pass on. Um, so yeah, I mean he's he's going to be there for us. I, Simone Fallet, I he I still think he has a lot to 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 give to this team. Um, um, I was pretty impressed with him last year and his. Yeah and how he grew with the team and he hasn't really had a chance because of Indica. Um, although he typically plays that same side as Indica. So I don't know how much shifting can, can really happen with that back three. Um, but we have, I mean, we have weapons, you know, Salcedo's nearly ready. So between the, you know, five of them, the, I, I think I'm pretty confident in our back line. And of course, Hasebe, who's been, Sweeping everything up. He's yeah, amazing. Yeah, let's hope. Isn't it nice when you don't have to sit on a plane for 24 hours just to play for an international match? Then jump back on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really. Nothing, nothing against the Japanese national team, but boy, that was the other side of the world for him. And he was a great servant uh, to them, but I'm really happy that uh, he no longer has to make that fight because, woof, talk about some... Talk about like you know not being able to properly recover after you know another match. He's already been interviewed and spoken about how the difference you know in just match day recovery has been, and it just kind of makes me realize how like I mean, whilst he was a key cog in the Japanese national team there uh, in the most recent World Cup, he very much to me uh, shows that. He needs. Uh, he's probably that he is due for another contract extension because 
I don't really know what, I mean, what we plan on doing for uh, next season. I think that uh, we'll probably bring in a center back, maybe two, uh, or in this upcoming summer, because I anticipate us playing in Europe and we'll need some depth. And I think that Hasebe needs to stick around with the Eintracht for at least another year, despite the fact that he's going to be turning 35 on January the 18th. Not that being in your 30s is a bad thing, yeah. you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> ask, ask Ian Robin. Robin, Ribery, who's 35? One is 34, one is 35, I think. Uh, I, thought, I, thought, I thought one of them was 36. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. I think one of, but anyways, like, yeah, but that's... Yeah, but those guys were always known for their pace. I think that's a, that's a little bit uh, different than uh, yeah, this okay. case. I think that's also like what I, what scares me the most is that's a position that's not so easy to fill. You know? Um, yeah. Um, even if you have a little bit of money in the in the bank account, you know, because like, he's playing the position like so well and uh, and so um, how to say uh, with dignity, you know. It's, um, yeah, you don't really get many players like this, you know, so it will be tough to, uh, to find a substitution for him at some point. And he's like the, one of the oldest guys on the team. So that's, that's going to come up at some point. So we will see. Agreed. Agreed. But I would have to say that, uh, for him as a player, he's really been able to kind of adapt, uh, adapt his game because uh, he was originally, you know, a strong arm, uh, arming, you know, defensive midfielder mm-hmm. and has really kind of worked his way into a good, solid, deep line yeah. uh, defender who's able to kind of uh, manage things from in the back. And it, that sort of a skill, uh, like being able to adapt as your body adapts, you know, as you age, is something that the highest of uh, high-end players do. I mean, most people usually will point to guys in the attack who uh, have been able to make this sort of uh, adjustment. But, I mean, ever since the, he came to the Eintracht from Nuremberg, uh, what seems uh, oh so many years ago, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, we have benefited uh, wholeheartedly uh, from his presence. Yeah. So. Let's hope that uh, this and I bet he, he's the one with the best diet of the Frankfurt team. I would assume, like you know, he, like while others eat burgers and shit like this, you know, he's probably all like, "We're gonna have, I'm gonna go crazy on the sushi," you know, with like good good fish, you know, getting good protein <laughs> uh, and and starch with rice and and yeah, the fish and everything, you know. So um, yeah, no, he's he's uh, he wrote a book in Japan that kind of talks about that side of being a professional athlete and how important like sleep and uh outs you know your personal life is and all these things add up to uh making you either you know good or great in soccer and yeah part of that he he goes into detail about his diet oh, cool. <laughs> and all yeah. that stuff and uh, that's got to add like one or two more years you know that other other players usually don't have um The ones that go crazy on hamburger. And yeah, because we all don't have wives like uh, Mrs. Lewandowski who says that, no, you have to eat your, all your foods backwards <laughs> to stay fit. <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> so he gets to eat his cake first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He probably uh, doesn't even eat cake. Uh, I, sorry, I still crack up over when that was released uh, to the public and I just scratched my head and wondered. It's like, 
what? It's like, is this even real? It's like, is this stupid crap that I'm hearing actually possible? Oh, <laughs> uh, well. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but all things considered, uh, I'm track three, Augsburg nil. Guys are sitting in third place. It's getting, uh, it's getting kind of crazy. But the thing is, we've been in this position before. How does this feel different than the, the last two years? Roman. Um, so the big... The, you had to collect your breath yeah, on that yeah, one. exactly. <laughs> so I, I try to make it short, even though I cannot do this. But uh, I think the big difference is the, the, the consistency that the team puts on the, on the game, uh, on, yeah, on the pitch, you know, where um, mm-hmm. I don't see that this is not a coincidence or this is, it doesn't seem to be just a run. I mean, obviously, there's a lot to do with uh, with the momentum, and they're absolutely in the flow and everything. But I cannot see, like, even if you see how critical they still work, right? Even how, uh, even when Kevin Trapp, you know, he was totally not happy about the performance on the on the team, and they were even like saying, yeah, you know, at some point you you have to shoot the fourth and the fifth goal, you know, like they're still hungry, you know, hungry enough. They they don't seem uh, full, you know. So I don't. It's, as weird as it sounds, I think they're not yet at their full potential, right? So, um, and this is kind of what what make what puts hopes up for me that this is going to keep on going. Like even if we're going to lose at some point, which is going to happen, obviously. Um, that's that's one of the big difference. Like the team, also the depth, the depths, right? So Abraham is out, and we're not uh, we're not crying. Like two years ago. If, uh, if Abraham would be out until the end of the year, you know, we'd be holy shit. You know, we'd be all like, how are we, how are we supposed to compensate that? Um, and now we're like, ah, okay, but Adi Hütte, he's gonna, he's gonna find the right way to do it, you know? So, um, that's one big thing. But the big test, so guys, and here's the information, uh, because we're still talking about the diva. The big test will be <laughs> the next game, right? That will be the game changer because Frankfurt has been in, one game at a in time. All, no, because like Frankfurt has been this weekend. Frankfurt has been on all the media. They've been in the Sportschau, uh, the the um, the Sportstudio, which is like the biggest Bundesliga evening evening show. Um, Adi Hütter was mm-hmm. there, and then Bobic was in the Doppelpass, which is like the, um, the the low class or whatever, like the the talk the Sunday. Uh, I got a hangover, but I want to listen to football type of thing. <laughs> and uh, and now even Bobic, he did the Build podcast uh, interview. I haven't heard it yet completely. But uh, so, in other words, Frankfurt is all over the media right now. And usually that is the turning point. So when you look back, even like back in Seferovic, when he was hyped and he was all over at the Aktuelle Sportstudio, the same show, and then after that, boom, they kind of fail miserably, right? Because that kind of, this type of attention is, usually kills our momentum. And that's why the next game will be important, right? So after all the media coverage, hmm. after being like now pronounced the top team of the Bundesliga, like the, the, the team of the hour and all of this, now is the question, was it the team of the hour or is it going to be the team of the season? And that's, that probably will be decided uh, until the end of the, the Hinrunde. And uh, so that that's why the next game will be very interesting because according to the diva theory, we will lose the next games, right? And if we win those, then we overcame the the diva theory, and then I don't know what. Then everything is possible. Then 
I mean, the, 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 the fans were already chanting um, uh, the Deutsche Meister, right? Deutsche Meister with nur die SGE, right? We're going to win the championship. Uh, of course, that's more, more, <laughs> I, more ironic, <laughs> ironic uh, or whatever. But hey, you know, everything is possible. Yeah, well, uh, that being said, uh, let's put the, the possibilities to one side. And uh, yeah, let's take a break. And get into hashtag what are we drinking before we get a li- dive into a little bit of the news and notes and uh, going for there. So Nathan, what are you drinking? Hmm. Um, I'm not drinking anything right now. I had a, a whiskey at dinner, so nice. I needed to. I uh, so I had a whiskey at dinner, and then we sat down and watched a little TV. And as usual with me drinking whiskey, I fell asleep watching TV. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> slow my roll. <laughs> Drinking water. <laughs> what about you guys? Roman. What am I drinking? So I'm actually doing something totally weird, but I still have a, I'm not drinking a beer. I'm drinking an Irish cider, Magnus, but pear. So not a um, apple cider, like a pear cider. And that no. is super interesting, actually. You know, I mean, it's sweet. So it's uh, definitely nothing for the, um, uh, um, well, but yeah, and a big I was actually wondering why is there not such a thing as a cider like a Frankfurt cider with pear? So that would be interesting uh, to try um, because pear is a weird fruit if you want to uh, if you want to brew with it uh, or if you want to filter it because it's tough to get the juice out of pears. Actually, they have to be really hard. If they get too huh. smooth, like if they get too uh, too mushy, you 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 cannot really juice them. So it's very um, uh, huh. it's it's uh, it's a tough thing. So. Yeah, so I'm having a Magnus Irish cider pear. Interesting. Very strange. Uh, yeah. Uh, I guess I'm not drinking something too crazy. Uh, drinking in my own Eintracht glass. Uh, an American favorite, Michelob. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, it go. was left over. Admittedly, it was left over. Uh, in my fridge uh, from some guests who were over uh, for our Christmas not Christmas, uh, Thanksgiving Eve uh, party so yeah, that was left on the fridge and I was like, huh well that'll so be- here, here, here comes a confession <laughs> right, so um, as, as a German and of course a beer uh, from a beer country, but I kind of do sometimes like the shitty American beers, like I do like them like when I go camping <laughs> I always drink like a Coors or, you know, PBR or Rolling Rock or, you know, like a typical. Nothing's wrong with Rolling Rock at all. Defending the St. Louis beer. Oh, yeah, yeah exactly. So it's, uh, it's, it's, good, it's good shit, you know. So um, even like a Budweiser from time to time, you know, I, mean, I, I wouldn't say it's like a. But hey, you know, if you're out, out and about, nothing beats a good Bud or a PBR or. Uh, cores, other re- cores light, not so much, but the regular cores, the banquet. Uh, uh, cool, yeah, original. actually, that's uh, the banquet. Yeah, beer. I really like yeah. that. Also, like the bottle, like the bottles are super nice. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, it's like these kind of little <laughs> the pill bottles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, um, I'm, I'm a big fan of those. So uh, I that's also by now kind of like what I like to drink as well. So and I'm actually not a My, big craft beer guy, right? So that's where. I'm probably not so German, so I'm not the guy who goes into a bar and then, oh my God, they got 40 beers on tap, like I'm happy. 
it's more like 40 beers shit which one is your pilsner or your lager you know that's like uh uh my my type of thing yeah i uh i i am of the opinion as a beer snob that every beer has its place and like you said a part of that is the cheap shitty beers you know they're they got they have their place and they you know if they're at 30 degrees nothing tastes better than a than a rolling rock or a Coors yeah. to me um on a hot summer day st- I'm, g- I'm glad you're stopping there because if you started going down the natty light train we might have some problems Rob. listen we've all been we've all been in college so <laughs> it has its place too no i was yeah, uh, someone gave me shit true. uh one time i when i was just getting into uh eintracht frankfurt I was trying to find like a beer to drink or some sort of like Frankfurt related drink that I like. Uh, so I was like, I, what's the Schofhofer? Yeah, yeah, um, Schofhofer, yeah. I started, I started drinking that, but that's a little too, I don't know, I'm not a big fan of Rattlers and anything like that. So I, I found this beer, Henninger. Yeah, the Trader uh, Joe's. And I, I liked it a lot. And uh, but somebody gave me shit about it. Somebody from Frankfurt, uh, or it might have been my partner's uh, brother, but <laughs> I don't know. And I thought it was a pretty damn good yeah. beer, but he was like, "Yeah, that's the shit beer in around this area." I was like, "I don't know, it's good." Yeah, that's that. Uh, yeah, tastes good. Uh, the the pilsner is probably what you had. So yeah, the heading. Yeah, it was a tall boy. It was good. Yeah, yeah. because I I've, I've seen it one time in a liquor store ever again uh but this was quite some time ago and i haven't been able to find it ever since maybe i need to start tracking it down the way that i did the pause yeah, the Henninger, uh, well, but that is the Henninger, you get a trader joe's <laughs> they always have it at trader joe's i don't know if you have trader joe's really in, uh, uh, in the midwest oh we have a trader joe's yeah. uh huh yeah. gonna have to get it and it's super cheap you uh, get like well, six so, of those is it four or six of those cans i think it's even six cans like 0.5 uh, uh, milliliters, a half a liter can, so the tall boys, and they're like yeah. 5.99 or 6.99, you know. So it's uh, 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 for California, very cheap beer. Yeah, <laughs> interesting. So that's gonna wrap up hashtag What are we drinking? We'll be back with segment two, news and notes in regards to the Eintracht. Also, uh, what's going on in the Bundesliga? So stay with. segment two of hey eintracht frankfurt so let's get in before we get into bundesliga chat let's talk a little bit about stuff that's been going on with the eintracht so abraham's injury we've talked a lot more than i anticipated about the ramifications before now Hmm. um at this point you know kind of talked about it but does anyone want to add another tidbit before we kind of move on to uh some recent injuries and such for uh other eintracht players yeah, I mean, I can. I yeah, mean, you go, Nathan. I keep it short. Uh, it, it's I th- like you were talking about uh, uh, team getting on new- in the news and getting some you know exposure. I feel like the other half of that is a team experiencing like significant injuries 
to and kind of figuring that out and continuing to move forward. I think Abraham is a is a big one in that regard. Yeah. Um, he he shores up that line and he can communicate with everyone and you know obviously he's the captain so that means at least something um so yeah i mean we'll have to weather this and hopefully figure out a new way to a new normal that will work in the back yeah what kind of irritates me is again just that they really don't know how long you know this and this is for frankfurt it's always dangerous you know when they're like oh okay he's out but we don't know for how long we don't know what it really is you know so that's always like holy shit that could mean anything you know, so yep. that's always where I'm uh, not happy about. I mean, if we can say like, okay, one or two games, then we can compensate that. But uh, yeah, I mean, have him out and another player, you know, or then you have a yellow or, or a red card, you know. So um, yeah, yeah, so it's uh, injury yeah. list currently at this time. Still, uh, Timothy Chandler uh, doing individual training, but still technically out. Paciencia. Uh, Chico, we got Abraham now, Toro, uh, Sacedo, though he does look like he's going to be coming out very shortly, and mm-hmm. Stendera's uh, going to be out of the game with Marseille due to uh, red, his red card. <laughs> uh, well, what you going to do? <laughs> at least Willems, uh, I guess if you want to put it this way, at least Willems will be available for uh, selection. I'd like to think that uh, he, well, I thought he did okay at the weekend, but uh, he's he, he's been very spotty this season. So uh, yeah. in terms of kind of the other players who've made contributions, uh, for me, I think that, uh, look, against Marseille, which we'll kind of get to in a second, it's gonna be. It, we're in an interesting spot because guess what, guys? Uh, we can focus on the Bundesliga now. Uh, we're already into the knockout. Yeah. Phase. Worst case, we get uh, Daichi Kamada is, back. You know. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's done okay in Belgium. He's done just fine. Yeah, really? Uh, some of those guys have actually done really well on loan, which is a little scary. But you know, well, that's what the loan is for. Uh, what you're gonna do? Exactly. exactly. Get you are supposed to. Get experience, you know, get max playing time because, hey, we don't have the reserves anymore. I know that there are a lot of rules in terms of, like, how many games a player could, like, play for one team and then the other. But I think that uh, with the way that the finances are, I mean, I'm pretty sure that we're going to come out ahead either way. So that all being said... Uh, Let's get to like one thing that I kind of wanted to talk about in terms of uh, our front three, which have been firing on all cylinders, making us really a talking point all over Europe. Uh, Sebastian Allaire has been linked to uh, Bayfo Bay pre- previously. He's also been linked to a move to England, which then he mm-hmm. bothered to say, yes, I would like to you know, experience playing in the Premier League. And, of course, uh, Rebic uh, has been eternally linked with uh, uh, Bayern Munich, Jovic. I think that we might be lucky in the fact that, you know, uh, signing him permanently might mean that, you know, he sticks around for at least another season. But let's kind of, let's just focus, this week's episode, let's just focus on Sebastian Allaire. You know, when we brought him over... uh, 
from uh, the air. Yeah, the air divisa was where we got him from, mm-hmm. and you know, a good target man who is able then to play. You know, allow players to play off him. He's got a good range of passing. You know. I just love the fact that, you know, we can, you know, play out of the back or we could just hit it, just lump a long ball from Hasebe and he just is able to just bring it down and then distribute it and then wham, you know, goal from Jovic or Rebic. Um, for me, I think his, his skill set is something that is so undervalued in the way that most teams play these days and the fact that you don't have a big target man striker necessarily anymore in the old vein, you know, uh, there's a lot of famous uh, players scattered all throughout the Bundesliga history that have been kind of these target mans. But nowadays, soccer has been played not not necessarily with that, you know, big lumbering uh, target man there. Um, for us... I look at him and I kind of just keep on scratching my head and wondering how we were able to fi- to find him, you know, playing in the Air Divise, and yet no one else had taken a chance on him. Yeah, um, it's going to be. I, I, however, I think he's going to stay a little bit longer um, because it, it took him, as you say, it took him a while to uh, to 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 custom to the Bundesliga, right? So. Uh, even though he has always been, he had a good start, and then he just had yeah, that skid. Yeah, yeah, the Severovich skid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, oh. but yes, yeah, so I don't know. I've, I've, That's all I mean. I, I, I think it's uh, it's uh, um, if if it depends on the magic of the season, right? So if the season is going to be magical, like why should he leave? You know, if they really make Champions League, for example, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's what it comes down to. If they make Champions League, they're going to stay. They're going to have at least one more season, all of them, I think. Uh, if we do Europa League, we're probably going to lose one or two. Uh, and if we don't do anything like this, we're probably going to lose two. Uh, um, like if we don't do any international games in next season. So I think that's what it comes down to. I don't think anybody of those are going to leave in the in the winter. Like it wouldn't make sense. Unless, of course, Dortmund uh, is there. I think they said they would. they're preparing for the first 100 million uh, euro deal. Yeah. Bring it on, you know, show me the money. Um, <laughs> you know, that's uh, what I would say. Uh, but other than that, I don't see them leaving uh, during the winter pause. Like, you know. um, oh, definitely not during the winter pause. Nathan, what's your gut saying? Granted, you know, my gut is saying that England. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, the team that consistently gets linked with him. Now there's two of them that do it, but. Newcastle United is not. I mean, I wouldn't want to. Mm. I don't know if I would want to play a team called Newcastle, uh, who is on the verge of relegation. No thanks. Yeah, it's like you get the big, but you get this gargantuan pay raise, and then oh, guess what? Your salary is now in half because we got relegated, and there's no guarantee that you will ever get that previous amount yeah, ever he's again. Not go to Newcastle. Yeah, not when not when we yeah, play Champions League. I the way I feel about all those, I I I look at a lot of the Bundesliga like rumors of people transferring to to your to England, and it's typically only like the top echelon that that I I feel go over there to begin with. So 
Um, Allaire is getting up there, but I wouldn't say he's there yet. I mean, um, I just feel like that that is just rumor mill central, and I I don't think he'll go there. Um, I I I see it extremely more likely that he'll he'll go to uh yeah Dortmund or uh, a Hoffenheim or some someone like that and stay within the Bundesliga. Um, but that said, I don't think that'll be this this winter. Um, I th- I think he enjoys playing with Adi Hütter and the other two uh, strikers up front. And why why would you go walk away from that? Uh, they're doing something special right now. And if it continues to happen, then I don't think that any the three of those will uh, will stop that from happening. Well, that all being said. Let's kind of look at what is to come in the Bundesliga, that is. Because next up for Eintracht Frankfurt is the Europa League. But before we get into that, let's take a look at what the Bundesliga table sits like. Oh my god, it is so beautiful. (laughs) We're talking Bayern Munich. Where are they? Reigning champions. The team who has won the last six Bundesliga titles is in fifth. God love you, Hertha Berlin, for ha- playing on a beautiful 3-3 draw, but couldn't you have just let Hoffenheim win this one, and then <laughs> they would have probably not crapped the bed in the Champions League, and they would be in fifth. <laughs> and Bayern would be in sixth. Playing number seven, Feder Bremen, at the weekend. <sighs> uh, boys, I think uh, Nico Kovac is going to be hanging around at the Comenspec Arena shortly because he's going to have nothing else so. better to do. <laughs> <laughs> Look, uh, Bayern's situation, I, I, it always seems when we talk about the Bundesliga that it's Bayern, but hey, you know, when they are the big fish, hey, okay, congratulations. Five matches played in the Champions League. Now you're through to the knockout phase. All right, that is accomplished, but you're telling me that he then goes to Visaside and gets thumped because it can happen. Because look at what happened at the weekend. Dusseldorf, we kicked the living crap out of those <laughs> guys. Uh, I was about to use something else, and then I was just like, guys, yeah. yeah <laughs> we we crushed them. And, you know, if Jovic was not there to play, then guess what? you know, we would still have crushed them, even if we <laughs> didn't have, like, one of the greatest single performances by a Bundesliga player, you know, in an Eintracht uniform, like, ever, we still would have kicked the living crap out of them. And yet, Fortuna Dusseldorf basically told this one speedster, like, hey, look, it's like as though everyone took notes. How did Eintracht beat Bayern Munich in the Pokal? Gasinovic. And Ravich twice, that was speed yeah. going up against what mm-hmm. was left uh, Bayern. And all those guys are pretty well-seasoned. And a lot of those guys have played a lot of games. And a lot of those guys really at the heart of their defense don't, as uh, accepted, you know, don't have that high-end speed. And Fortuna Dorf just played the, you know, play. It was so obvious what they were doing. It's like play to the dude with the super long speed and hope that he is able to nick one. Or two or three. Uh, the guy ended up, <laughs> exactly, the guy ended up getting three. Did anyone see the fact that, you know, I was waiting at the bar just kind of watching. We were wondering, it's like, 
oh, that's a shame that it was called for offsides. I'm like, no, it wasn't offsides. They're going to reverse this. I was able to see that from miles away. And that they did. And oh my gosh, I actually thought, dear God, all the confidence of Byron. A Byron team from the last six seasons, you go up three to one, you know, in the second half at home, job's done. Yeah. No one's coming back. No one is coming back mm-hmm. unless you are one of the few exceptional sides in the world. Yeah. Uh, Dusseldorf, with all due respect, is not that. And it is so <laughs> painfully obvious what is wrong at Bayern Munich that why can't we play them next week instead <laughs> of match day 17? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, look, I'm excited to play them for you know the final game right before Christmas. You know, right before the winter pause, that and you know what? I just want to, I know what they are gonna be like. And uh, no changing of the coach, though looks I mean, more than likely if he loses like another match or the next couple matches, you know, it's gonna happen. And they still have mm-hmm. uh, they before they play us, because uh, there's an English of Volca, uh they host Red Bull Leipzig. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Leipzig's no chumps. No, nope. like they've been playing pretty good, and they are mostly treating the Bundesliga as first priority over the Europa League. Uh, even though they're in a tough Europa League group, I think that the uh, the top brass there realized that hey, we weren't able to do all the deals that we wanted to do because we made Europa League not Champions League, and so they realized that to progress. They need that Champions League money to kind of, you know, keep their whatever evolution going. So Bayern could seriously be not even in the European places after uh, all is said and done. Because let's be honest, boys, we're going to kick the crap out of them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Unless they get a new coach Look. and now suddenly they they get some magic out. But at the end, like they yeah, need, exactly, who, and then they who still wants, who is going to go there? Who is going to go there? But what will he be able to do? He's still going to have those same guys. Yeah. Nothing against Alfonso Davies, a Canadian international who is moving from Major League Soccer to Bayern Munich. But the dude is eighteen bloody years yeah. old. He's not a seasoned yeah, veteran. Yeah, I know. It's got to be that's why you know who's going to just change him overnight. You're expecting this teenager to basically show up and change your, the fortunes of your entire season? I don't think so. It's not <laughs> helped that they have these old guys that just refuse to leave. You know, they got a lot of guys on the other on at thirty and on the other side of thirty, and it's going to take a lot of money and it's going to have to take a lot of mental fortitude to. Put to go through the growing pains that they're going to have over the next year or two as they, you know, extradite all of those players yeah. out of there. I'm, I'm going to put a new theory to the Bayern thing out, uh, um, which uh, is only my own my, my own theory, but I think it ha- might have a little bit. Of, I'm not saying that's why the Bayern are so bad, but I think the uh, the VAR kills a little bit of the Bayern luck, right? As weird as it sounds. Um, I think, I, I really think that the, the VAR has changed the game to the better because <clears throat> there are not so many obvious um, uh, advantages to a certain team, <clears throat> right? This is kind of a little bit gone. Mm-hmm. We've seen this um, in, in, in other seasons way more, you know, where there's the Bayern luck, as they always say it, you know, where even at the end, you know, like they get like the offside here 
or if they get this goal there, you know, this is all gone. Mm -hmm. Like the offsides now, they're all regulated, right? So that's done and dusted. There's no lucky punch here. Even though with some of the fouls and stuff like this, um, a lot has made this more fair. And I think there are some teams who usually suffered from, uh, from wrong decisions uh, of the refs and teams who benefited. And Bayern used to be, by, by, by and large, one of the winners of, of the, of the referee, of bad referee performance. Of course, there's always, always been like the one decision where the Bayern weren't really happy. But overall, I think that's, uh, that's part of it. I'm not saying that this is why Bayern is in the crisis. I'm not saying that, but it might add a little bit to the whole thing, you know, where, where their luck has been taken away because it's not about how you treat revs. There's a big story about referee, referee, how they're treated, you know, what kind of Christmas presents they get. And, you know, like from, from their pickup at the, uh, at the airport to the, um, uh, to the, to the, to the stadium, right? So it's always done by the home team. <laughs> and, uh, you know, what kind of car you drive, what nice conversations you have. Um, and I'm not saying that they're, um, priming the refs. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying that how the brain is wired, you know, you feel, comf you feel, uh, comfortable, uh, you feel at home, you know, people make you feel at home. And then, of course, you have, might have a little favorism, which is totally gone in, uh, in, in this environment. So it's a, a aluminum hat theory, uh, but I think it, it just <laughs> adds a little bit to the spice, maybe. <coughs> but of course, mainly reason is the age of the, of the team and that they're more diva than the, than the Eintracht Frankfurt at the worst case, right? So, the team is absolutely horrible. And what's even worse is their, the Uli Hoeneß and, uh, Salihamidzic, like how, the way they leave him alone, Kovac, is like the worst thing. They're basically, they're cutting off his balls in front of the whole world. And like, how is that <laughs> yeah. supposed to work? You know? And even when Uli Hoeneß, when he says like, yeah, uh, he's usually you make sure that he's got anesthetic before you, you know, make that decision. Yeah, you, you, you do the opposite. <laughs> you know, you, you show you show the balls of the coach. You know, you're kind of like, dude, he's the McDaddy. And even though when, when always they say like, yeah, he gives a guarantee, a job guarantee, and then they get fired, it's like, of course they do this because it's the only thing you can do, right? Even if you intend yeah. to fire the coach, you say, no, he's he's got his place, he's in power, he's in charge. And until this decision is changed, that's how you do it because otherwise, yeah, you cut off the balls, the balls of the, of the coach. And then that's the end already. Like even now, he won now against to Benfica, right? But what's going to happen like the next game? He wins that. Great. Then he wins the next game. Great. And then he loses one. And then he's back on the, uh, on, on the table again. It's, it's insane what's happening. And I, I already feel sorry for Kovac, you know, that how the way they treat him. Um, of course, he did some mistakes as well. He didn't do a perfect, a perfect uh, um, lineup. But I mean, what can he do? A decision that happened overnight, you know, at a birthday party of a, of, of the driver, you know. Um, but yeah, let's see how how uh, how it's going to play out. And I hope Kovac, because I truly believe if Kovac stays with Bayern, they will have a very successful period with him, uh, winning lots of titles. I think Kovac is the right coach. But he needs a little bit of time, and he would have best thing. Yeah. He would have had more time in Frankfurt, even though now I have to say, best thing ever for us to happen because we got uh, uh, we got <laughs> Adi Hütte und wir eure Mütter. Da, 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 da. So um, <laughs> uh, we we got a good coach. We, we got, for us, it was a good move.
Thank you, Nico. <laughs> Indeed, Nathan. Do you have anything to add before we kind of close our business again talking segment, which has pretty much just been all about Byron, literally. <laughs> <laughs> What's all anyone can talk about? You know, it's okay. It's like you know, in the Serie A, if Juventus was going through the same exact thing, who have won the last seven Serie A titles and have played in what uh, two Champions League finals in that meantime. Uh, won their own domestic cup just about as many times, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, is there anything else to really be added here? Um, you just kind of enjoy the competitiveness of the Bundesliga right now is all I can yeah. say. That's that's the thing. And there's 16 other teams that, that we could also talk about, but Bayern's the big fish, so we talk about it. Kovach is... And he's our former coach. Our forlorn yeah. coach. <laughs> uh... I just feel bad for him. I, there's there's no way that they're giving him any amount of leash to uh, to do what he wants, and and he's dealing with a bunch of prima donnas that don't want to work with him and his system, and that's why you see like today brought in a a, a new uh, South Korean player for the first time from uh, Byron too. Hmm. Uh, I, he's he's working all the young. The young guys, when he can, so that he can actually build a team that respects him. <laughs> yeah, and, and the new coach, he's going to get like a shitload of money. Like, imagine how this must feel for Kovac if they really fire him. He exactly. gets no new player besides, of course, uh, Goretzka, but he didn't get any own players, right? Which is very important. Usually, you always get one yeah, in your own. You always. you always get like a chosen. Yeah, and boy. he doesn't get shit, right? Basically, he only gets what, what they're going to serve him on the plate. Which is shit. Most of it shit is old and, and rotten. Uh, sorry, no, it's just old. But uh, and the new coach, they're probably going to invest like a two hundred million or hundred and fifty million into new players. And uh, then Nico Kovac is going to say like, wait a second. So my season, I don't get shit. Then you blame me for everything for all the shortcomings that you guys have done. And the next coach gets like two hundred million uh, to spend on new players. Yep. Like what the fuck? Exactly. Yeah, hopefully he finds his feet if if he doesn't if he gets sacked there. Um, yeah, I, that team's a mess right now. Like I watched that that Champions League game today, and everyone was like, "Oh, holy shit, Aryan Robin, his goals are amazing." And I'm like, "Yeah, but there are, in both of those situations, one of another Bayern player was uh, fucking pissed because he was wide yeah. open and would have scored a goal." It, it, Aryan Robin tries to do this, you know, crazy. And those goals were amazing, but like there are other easier routes to exactly. go. Exactly. <laughs> this, this is actually, exactly. they're just selfish. That's exactly. And when you compare this to Frankfurt, right? Whereas, uh, you know, even with Lewandowski, when he was mad, you know, that he didn't score a goal, you know, it's like where in Frankfurt, if any of those three score, they're all happy, right? Like the Rebic, yeah. uh, you know, when, when Rebic just sees Jovic running towards the goal, and scoring, you know, the way he is happy about his team's performance, and that in comparison to how it looks with Bayern, you know, exactly shows what the problem is. It's not the coach, it's there is no team. Yep. That all being said, uh, let's wrap up this. Uh, I'm sorry, and we, we'll we, we still have to do, we have a question. You ask, <laughs> you ask yeah. for a question, Brian, and if you ask for a question... That is true, you, that is true. Ask and thou shalt exactly. receive. So, uh, we wanted to... <laughs> Uh, maybe not as in the biblical sense as such. So put it out there on our Twitter at 
profile. So that is at H-E-F-Pod. Wanting to know what Eintracht fans wanted to have their say. So at Ed's... uh, Ed's pain, uh, E D S P A I N E, Eddie. Uh, I'm just gonna call you that. You are very happy that Hooter has made a monkey out of you. It is nice sometimes to be wrong. Uh, I think he made a fool out of all of us after some of us were practically yeah. peeing down the side of our leg after that Ulm result. I will yeah. be honest that when the Super Cup happened, I was just like, uh, boy, well, this could be fun. And then it just got ugly because all not exactly, I mean, not exactly world beaters at the Regidon Liga level. In case anyone <laughs> has not looked, there are only a couple of teams that are leading each and every single one, and it's basically already runaway trains in every single one, pretty much. And all. Yeah. Definitely not one of those guys. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We, we were all, I mean, we, we can be named as well, right? Especially I was very critic. I was critiquing him, especially the science part, you know, where, uh, where it's like, oh, I don't like where this is going. I don't know, you know, whether he has the modern science of, of sports um, with him. But yeah, here comes my apology. Adi, I'm super happy that <laughs> we have you. And I was wrong. Yes, I was. Exactly, exactly. And at Eintracht Rob... Be nice. <laughs> Be nice, Daddy. <laughs> That's all I will say. So that wraps up segment two. Uh, well, I'm sorry, Brian. There's still another another question here by, by Milan. <laughs> oh, how, we want to insert it here? I thought we were going to insert it in our uh, housekeeping notes. But yes, ladies and gentlemen, so we do have some uh, merch. No, no, no. Sorry, 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 Brian. There's still another reply off. to mm-hmm. our It's by Milan. He asked us, what do you think about the non-existence of the second team? Would it be helpful for developing young players like most of the other clubs do, like Werder Bremen 2, Mainz 2, and so on? Why was it dismantled in the first place? Thank you. Um, so, uh, Eintracht, FS Val, Frankfurt, and Leverkusen all dismantled their teams at the very moment that it was made legal to dismantle their second their uh, reserve teams. Now, a lot of teams, as he mentioned, uh, do have reserve teams. But the fact of the matter is, they never were better than Regional Liga. And personally, there's only been like a couple of third division teams that have ever even stuck around in the third division very long. And I myself look at that and it's like, no one attends the reserve matches. Ah, uh, well, that's all. not for Frankfurt. Uh, there has been... Huge the, the Frankfurt Ultras would show up when they would play against Darmstadt, when they would play against Kessel, when they would play against Offenbach. But there's you know, always been a, been a, been part, a movement where, like, uh, amateurs, you know, where, like Blut und Ehre für die Amateure, um, you know, where you say, like, okay, let's watch that. Because especially when commercialization kind of hits, you know, then it's like the amateur team has always been a, a big one. But I mean, it's not really the amateur teams, it was the under 23. Right. And the under 23 is basically, um, if you are 22, you're not considered as a, uh, um, uh, your potential is already gone. Right. So if you're still playing the, in the lower league when you're 22, 23, you're out. So the under 21 team, that's interesting or under 19. Um, but yeah, I think it has some ramifications. Definitely. Especially for sick players. Right. It used to be like after a long streak of when you were uh, sick and you recovered. It was an easy way to get some games uh, uh, on your uh, in your feet, right? To get some game experience. 
However, Brian, you were absolutely right. Mm -hmm. They weren't really in the Regionalliga, like mostly in even lower lower teams. So in the, the Hessian Liga, Liga think, yeah. and then of course even the injury is uh, the risk of injury is like even higher. And the the I think they had said like within the past ten years, none of those teams with the under twenty three made it to the main squad. Usually, it's the under nineteen that make it. Um, but I think they still have to figure out what to do, you know, because like. The loan system apparently doesn't seem to work. I mean, this season was the first time where the loan system was working with Daichi, Kamada, and, you know, all these kind of other guys <clears throat> that are actually playing somewhere else. That would be the solution, right? You have to come up with a farm team, um, maybe Dreyeich at some point, you know, what they're trying to do. Or, um, yeah, but we need, they need a team, a second team, definitely. I think so um, at some point. And I think if they would have to make the decision again, they wouldn't do it again. I think they would keep the under 23. You do yeah. think so? I'm, hmm. Well, yeah, I'm very much in the mindset of, hey, it wasn't really... I mean, across the board, there have not been all that many guys who have kind of come through. Werner Bremen has been able to bring through some guys along with Mainz, but the fact is, I look at the reserve teams of some of the other teams around in the Bundesliga, and... Okay, so we've mentioned the teams that have been bringing through guys from there, but a lot of the other teams are putting their youth guys in the youth guys that they anticipate that will develop into first-team players. They have then integrated them into the first-team roster. I will look at... Uh, God, this sounds blasphemous, but uh, Bayer Leverkusen. Uh, let's look at some of the guys that have uh, gone through of late that probably would have gone into the reserve team. Um, let's see, uh, Julian Brandt, you know, he's still 22 years old, you know, and played over a hundred matches for our Bayer Leverkusen. Yeah. In the traditional format, he would have been what, you know, in the Leverkusen reserve team. Actually, he did appear for them right before they closed up the team. So he did make an appearance. So I guess you could say he is a graduate, but I would say more of the fact that like, a uh, graduate knowing that the school is then closing. Uh, <laughs> you could <laughs> say. Uh, we'll look at a 19-year-old Kai Havertz. You know, uh, most of his youth development, you know, okay, so he did come from uh, Aachen, but, uh, you know, he's got over half a hundred appearances at age 19. You know, they've just integrated him from the very beginning, and I... That's my thing on the reserve teams. I just think that, hey, look, it's while it is great if you can have one of those guys come through and that whole amateur thing and all, you know, but then you're getting into something that's like, what's more important, uh, the amateur football or the first team? And I'm sticking with uh, the team that Attila, uh, you know, <laughs> Is on the sidelines for, yeah. That's the but I mean, this uh, like, what do you like in, in your youth project? Like, first of all, like when they made the decision to get rid of the uh, team, like their youth effort weren't that great, right? So we can't say that there has been great integrations of the team and the professionals. Um, and now that may have been different. The problem is like, what kind of future do you give a nineteen-year-old if you basically got to tell him, okay, now you're nineteen years old, now you got two options. Either we give you a professional contract, but then you don't play, or you go somewhere else, right? So it's like, 
Uh, and when they're like 17, 18, where do they maybe go? Do they maybe go to Hoffenheim where they know at least, okay, even if I don't make it to the pros, I can stay here and I, at least I can play until I'm 23. All right. So it's all about also the potential. Um, what, what do you give the first line? Of course, uh, a player who's with 19 year old or like Indica, you know, who's uh, definitely has the chance to be with the pros from early on. Like that's something that you can do. But what about the other players? Right. What about the second line? And how many of those do you maybe lose in an earlier process just because they're like, okay, I'm probably not going to make the pros, but maybe. And now I got to go to Hoffenheim where uh, I can at least play until I'm 23 or 24 because I think they have a few exceptions. But um, I think that's, that's, that maybe, I'm not saying I'm a big fan of the under 23, like not at all, but uh, that, that may cause some, some, some troubles, right? And even with like Ayman Barkok, you know, like at the end, you know, like what they could, they can't really offer the, the young players a home un until they're like 19, 20 years old, you know, then they just got to go. Mm. Either they make it to the pros or they got to go. And that's a tough call at 19, 20 years, you know, so. Um, I totally agree. And I think it also, Roman, the whole getting a nationalized third division going, yeah. I think that really kind of cut into the kind of opportunities that were available and it we are where we are now and the fact that the Dritte Liga is not a division that is very easy to get out of you know, you want to hear some of the names that are in there, that's as far as a reserve team could be playing at and you have the likes of Kaiserslautern, Karlsruhe, 1860 oh. Munich Hansa Rostock, I mean, Inter Cottbus, Eintracht Braunschweig. That's some big names that are down there, and you're telling me that, you know, it's made the third division so competitive, and I would say that that has given you know more competitive nature throughout the entire divisions of Germany, and. I just think that, you know, inserting a reserve team, you'd have to start from the bottom up and think of, you know, promising talents that are coming through that could possibly come through to the first team. What's the likelihood that they're going to break their legs in the uh, in the meanwhile as they go up from, like, Division 9 all the way up to the Regional League, which is where I think that they'll end up staying. Yeah. That's just me. Yeah. But... Wow, we got really into the talking about the reserve team quite a lot more than we anticipated. So let's good talk question. about yeah, good question. Yeah, it yeah, is like that, it, yeah. good keep, debate. Keep it, good keep, debate. It, so, keep, keep it coming. Keep the questions coming. Exactly, and that is at HEF Pod to bring up the kind of conversation talking points that we'll bring up on the podcast. So Olympic Marseille is the team that's next up, but boys, we have twelve points. We're into the knockout phase. The only question is, do we want the extra money? from kicking the crap out of these guys in front of the home fans. I say yes, but then again, Marseille, uh, one point earned. They aren't even making the knockout phase. They can just phone this one in, and they kind of are. They kicked the crap out of the team that they uh, played in league. Uh, the only teams that they seem to drop points to are the teams that are actually like genuinely top echelon teams like Lyon, uh, Leo, who's in second place in La Liga, uh, PSG, Montpellier, the team currently in third. You know, they only drop points to the big teams, and they beat the crap out of everybody else. So, 
kind of a Jekyll and Hyde sort of team, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I think they need to focus. One, their resources all focused on this, so nothing against them, but I think we're going to run right all over these guys, and to kind of get it a little bit shorter as we're kind of running along on this episode, I will go up and say that Eintracht will not even bat an eyelid, and it's going to be 3-0 by halftime. Ooh, Ooh, wow. So what's your final score? Final score? We're going to score another one. But so we're going to make a silly mistake on like a corner deep into stoppage time and Marseille will get a goal of which the traveling Marseille fans will be welcomed and will be applauded for their uh, efforts. And thanks for spending their money in Frankfurt. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Merci, mes amis. (laughs) Indeed, indeed. Well, I don't know how this game will go. Uh, honestly, because I feel like they, you know, they got that red card in a Solus stadium playing against us um, and kind of got their sails kicked out of them. So I feel like they have a little bit of a grudge against this right now. <laughs> um, so, I, I, I mean, uh, they could they could come out and really kind of it just depends on, I, I you know, what they it could go a bu- bunch of ways. So I- I'm going to guess it's going to be a little tighter and say it's, you know, like a 2-2 affair. Hmm. 2-2. Two two. <sighs> yeah. Hey, look, Roman, we, they, got some, your they, they got some good uh, strikers yeah. there. So I don't... That they do, but... Mm, I don't no, know. Like, my wait. problem is, like, I can't... Yeah, I can't really put it right. I mean, they're last. They're not going to make it. They're basically out already. Um, they really have to concentrate on the league, right? Because they're like a little bit behind. Um, uh, they have important games in the future. Uh, I actually didn't check who they're playing uh, uh, on the weekend. But I... Uh, Rims. Okay, Rims. Yeah. Uh, one, of the, one of the teams that's kind of way down there. Yeah. I mean, where they're at on the table, they are one point outside of the Champions League places. Currently sitting in fifth. fifth, so one place out of no. I don't think it's Champions League. Do they have Champions League until the fifth in France as well? Uh, uh, no. Uh, Champions so, probably only uh, first and second. Top three is Champions oh, yeah. League, and then uh, fourth is Europa League, and then it's all based on the cups mm. for any additional places for France. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think they they will they will already put a check mark behind Europa League. You know, it's not that they're like all crazy like we are. You know about it. Uh, it's an away game. Uh, of course, they want to have a good game. They're not going to come uh, come to Frankfurt to lose, but they know that their focus is the uh, the league, and uh, and not not this game. And yes, I mean, do they risk any injuries? Definitely not. Do they go hard into the game? I don't think so. You know, that's not going to be a rough game for them because why, right? Um, so uh, Frankfurt will win this, uh, but in a, it's going to be a boring match. Uh, probably two zero. Frankfurt will win two zero. Yeah. Alrighty, well, predictions all in. So, uh, housekeeping notes: where you can uh, find us in the social media landscape, uh, tweet us at hefpod, like us on Facebook for all uh, information dropping in the English language covering Eintracht Frankfurt. That is facebook.com/slash hefpod. Like wherever you find us in the kind of 
or uh, social media landscape where you can uh, download our episodes or listen to our episodes. Like us on there. Give us a friendly Yay. review or give us some good, strong criticism yeah. of how we can improve. We're always looking for uh, good stuff there. So with that all being said, uh, gentlemen, where can we find you guys in the social media landscape? You can find me on can, um, <laughs> SF, SF Bay Eagles on Twitter. And you Nathan? Fi- you can find me on Twitter at N-A-J-A-K-W-A. Alrighty, and you can find me at KCSGE. Appreciate everyone for downloading and listening to our latest episode of Hey on Track Frankfurt. And until next time, tschüss! Ciao! Tschüss! Hey, I'm